text before he ever read in 3rd John I wrote this concerning Brother Beckton on this piece of paper I wrote he does not seek preeminence among us I want you to know that Brother Beckton is a man that does not seek to be seen he does not seek the preeminence among us he is a very humble man he is a very committed man he is a very consecrated man many demands are made upon this elder he is a very very busy man and I want to say that first of all in his life that he is a Christian he is a Christian and number two he is a preacher of the gospel I have had the the privilege of working with brother Beckton and being with him and I say this from my heart and if I couldn't say these things from my heart I wouldn't be introducing him I want to say that he is a very fair man and number two he is easily entreated any of you brethren can seek the counsel of this elder he's easily entreated you can call him you can approach him and he is a fair man he loves the things of the spirit he really does you're going to find out he loves the things of the spirit now to look at brother Beckton I want to tell you something brother Beckton's a man that I'm not ashamed of anytime anywhere any place under any circumstances he can handle it to look at him he looks like a very distinguished man but I want to tell you that he can get in the spirit and if the spirit calls for it he'll roll in this floor he'll bury his face in this carpet He believes in shouting, he believes in dancing, he believes in prayer, and he believes the apostolic message. Thank God for Elder C.M. Beckham. Well, let's give the Lord the hand. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. My, my, my. What a day. What a night last night. What a crowd. My, I admire your stamina. Amen. You're staying. I mean, right up to the finish. Praise God. I'm so pleased to be here today because I have gained so much someone said sitting next to me brother Connors I believe said brother Gray not only had a stainless steel valve he had a stainless steel backbone and then we said the same of brother Gray and now the same about brother Holly ah, what a what teachers to follow. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. 
Last night, as they announced this was the uh, Elders' Day, I, I wondered who the elders were. But I guess when you've had the baptism of the Holy Ghost for 50 years, and I have, and when you've been preaching for 44 years, and I have, and when your own children look middle-aged to you, and they do, and when you're 62 years old, I guess you're an elder. <laughs> Praise God. Well, I'm honored, really. That, that uh, title is an honored title. And I would love that to be said of me more than any other title that might be given to me. And I mean that sincerely. I appreciate so much the kind remarks of Brother Morton. He has been a real in inspiration to me for many, many years, as well as so many that are participating and are sponsoring this great meeting. And if I walked in last night and I didn't know a thing about Pentecost and I didn't know a thing about you, I would have sensed the feeling of real, real genuine concern and real genuine feelings about what was going on because that's exactly what I felt, that everybody that spoke and did anything did it out of their heart. And that is so meaningful. It was not a sham, it was not a put on, it was not something that they did to impress. But last night and then again today, and uh, I don't know that I have a lot to add. I, I just, just don't know, but I have a lot of feeling that is generated here in my own soul. Yes, I could run. I could leap off of this platform. When I think of, uh, of the great message that we have, the truth that is ours, and uh, the fact that it is going to continue, thank God we are going to continue. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I will proceed. I realize that at this time of day, I've either got to be really brief or really interesting or really anointed. <laughs> Praise God. I know, I know it's about that time, yeah. Praise God. And my text won't help you psychologically in the natural. I, I suppose the timing uh, or the selection of the text to fit with the message, I should have thought of the hour. And you'll understand when I read it. Out of Exodus, the 32nd chapter, and the 6th verse, And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings, and the people sat down to eat and to drink. <laughs> Wait a minute. Only psychologically. 
We're going to come to that. And rose up to play. My. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go, get thee down, for thy people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. I don't believe I will do an injustice to this text to take it a little bit out of its setting. I'm not going in the direction of what exactly was going on. But when you listen to the Word of God as we have listened, that's eating. Amen. That's eating. And in just a little bit, we're going to be rising up to go. To do what? God forbid to play. Play. If we let these precious moments slip by and not avail ourselves and ingest all that we have been listening to into our very spirits and beings, we will go to play. And the concordance in my Bible says play is frolic, sport, performing. And God help us. God help us. Praise God. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you would help us now, this great attentive audience. We love what we feel. In the name of Jesus, amen. And if I should select a title, it would be the peril of playing games with the spiritual. The peril of playing games with the spiritual. Having lived in Nashville, Tennessee for over 14 years, two different times, I have come to realize that no other city, no other city in the United States, no other city in the world can testify to the truth of this title, the peril of playing games with the spiritual. Practically every one of those Western country singers has their background in Holy Roar meetings. Amen. It's in that city in a place called the Grand Ole Opry, and I've never been. They first sang. They baptized Jesse Taylor in Cedar Creek last Sunday. And none of the singers that I knew about never went to see them, but they never had a program without singing a gospel song. Red Foley sang Peace in the Valley. Tennessee Ernie Ford sang When the Saints Go Marching In. Roy Acuff never had a program without a spiritual song. Elvis Presley, in one of his performances just before his death in Las Vegas, said, Many of you may not want me to do what I am going to do, but I must sing a hymn tonight. Porter Wagoner never had a program without a hymn. This city, as no other city, is a testimony of the truth of the title of my message, The Peril of Playing Games with the Spiritual. A recent article on the Mandrell sisters states, and I quote, two of Barbara's uncles were fundamentalist Pentecostal preachers. 
And she made her debut in their churches in Illinois and Arkansas where she would sing gospel with a choir when the family went to visit. I looked at her autobiography just this week and she declared that her beginning was in the days of Holy Roller fundamentalist meetings. Barbara became a dominant force in the country charts and contender in the pop and top 40 charts with hits like Sleeping Single in a Double Bed, Standing Room Only, If Loving You Is Wrong, I Don't Want to Be Right, and on and on. But it's not just the country and the western singers that are playing games, but it also includes gospel. That makes it worse. I have an article with a headline that says gospel music moves into the big time. Knowledgeable people predict that gospel music already big and growing fast will become the next or the most important thing in music in the next four or five years. The current surge of gospel music began simultaneously with a current born-again Christian movement. The two go hand in hand. There are two distinct kinds of gospel music flourishing. There is the traditional sort, pioneered mostly by various artists, and there is the contemporary gospel music. This is more rock-flavored, but with a gospel message. The traditionalist won't listen to us, says a former Holy Ghost-filled, baptized-in-Jesus-name singer, who with her husband partner is a leader in the field of contemporary gospel music. We are too modern for them, she says, too new. We don't only sing about blood and the cross like the traditional gospel singers do. In fact, sometimes it's hard to pin a gospel label on a, uh, something that is contemporary gospel because it often seems to be just another love song. Traditionalists claim that that is deliberate deception and thus contemporary gospel isn't gospel at all. Nashville as no other city exemplifies the danger of playing games with the spiritual. These people one time learned their style of singing, learned their method of uh, performing from great spiritual moves of God and now are acting it out. They're playing games with the most powerful force in the world today. Amen. And that's the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. Hey, every one of these are playing games, but playing games is not just there in Nashville, Tennessee. Playing games is not just in country, western, in gospel music. There are a lot of folks today that are playing games with the Spirit, with the move of God. Amen. Amen. We've got some Samsons among us. Oh, maybe not here today. But there are some Samsons among us. Sad to say, but uh, as it was of Samson, the Spirit of God began to move the Spirit of God came mightily upon him, but all Samson wanted to do was play with it. Play with it. I'm not interested in playing with it. I'm interested in getting involved in it. But there's no desire in my heart today to play a game with it. 
I'm not playing to the grandstand. It makes little difference what you might think about me today. I want the Spirit of God to move in the old-fashioned way. Hallelujah. All Samson wanted to do was play. Why take the gates of the city when he could have taken the city? Why are we content to just take the gates when we could take the whole world for this Jesus name, one God, Holy Ghost baptism, message that will change the life of individuals and the whole content of the world? Tying foxes' tails together, putting fire, my, just playing games. Satan has moved in among us, brought the world, and I'm afraid of the world, and not to the extent of, of the fearfulness that you might think, but I'm afraid of what is happening to some in the areas of the encroachment of the world. But greater is he. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 What's the difference, you say, in uh, playing a game of ball out on a, a vacant lot and going into the stadium? I'll tell you what it is. When you line up in that line to get your ticket, you are lining up with all kinds of sinners. The gambler, the liar, the thief, the drunkard, the whoremonger. And you buy your ticket and you go out into the stadium and you sit in and among those people. The game gets underway and you're either on one side or the other. It makes little difference. You're going to have a crowd on either side. They begin to throw their hat into the air and you throw your hat in the air. Your heart pounds with their heart. Your pulse beats with their beat. And you're in fellowship. Oh, but you say, I got to go to the grocery store with them. But hey, your heart's not beating like there's beats when you're in the grocery store. But in the game, come out from among them and be you separate. Why are you saying that, Brother Beckton? Because I know some folks who are going season tickets. Hey, Amen. Oh, nobody here today, I'm sure. But I'm a concerned when Holy Ghost-filled people can go to those kinds of things and be a part. They are playing games with a move of the Spirit that was in their lives, and they're losing out. Never before in all of my life have I wanted to be separated, and that's not to, to be called an isolationist. Amen. But if we're not different than they are, how can we challenge them to a better life? Amen. If we do the same things that they do, then what are we saved from? 
if salvation saves you from something, amen, then there are those that are, you're doing the same that they're doing. How can they say, I want to be saved as you're saved? Hey, I'm talking about old-fashioned, apostolic. I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. I'd rather be an old-time Christian with a Christian love to show. I'm walking down the Grand Ole Highway and I'm telling everywhere that I go, I'd rather be an old-time Christian. Christian. My God. My God, my God, my God, my God, my God. That's all right. I like that too. That's part of it. Praise God. Praise God. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. And you may be seated. Time's rolling on. You know, I would be foolish come to a meeting like this and preach something that I had never preached uh, as far as convictions I'm not preaching to you any different than I preach anywhere this is down in me my heritage is my heritage is too great I love it I love it You know, you'll either have all of the biblical convictions for yourself or else one day you will have none at all. If this Bible doesn't prove that, I couldn't prove anything. In fact, there is a law of all or none. You will allow holiness in completely or you're going to let it out completely. The Bible unmistakably says that all are none. Right. Amen. In the beautiful state of Tennessee and the upper part of Mississippi, there was the Battle of Shiloh back during the old times of war, civil war. It was in the year of 19, or, or rather 1862. It seems that a wounded soldier was told to lay down his rifle and go to the rear. He was wounded, told to go to the rear. He followed orders, but returned a few minutes later and growled, Give me another gun. This fight ain't got any rear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Retreat and neutrality are not the way of Christian warfare. When Israel would seek spiritual neutrality, Joshua demanded a decision. 
When the nation would vacillate on Carmel, Elijah calls for a showdown. Jesus told his hearers, He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. Hey, we are servants of Christ or enemies of Christ, and there can be no separate peace. My God, my God. Mm. Mm. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. The whole story of Balaam is he reached out for two worlds and lost both of them. The prophet Balaam uttered words that we still preach about today. He fell in a trance. He had visions that I don't ever even hope to have the same or the like. He even said, let me die the death of the righteous and let my last end be like his. And then Moses couldn't believe his eyes when he saw Balaam's glassy eyes. Balaam laying dead in a Moabitish battlefield. He played games with the spiritual. God told him, don't go. And he prayed again. And you say, well, God changed his mind. No, God didn't change his mind. I'm sorry, he didn't change his mind. Amen. Amen. And God's not going to change his mind what he originally told you. He's not changing his mind about sin, about worldliness. God's not going to do it. Amen. Oh, you say, let me out of this bondage. Hey, this is not bondage. This is the greatest freedom. Amen. That I know anything about. Keep that up. Let me, let me read something else to you. This has stirred me to no end. In the evangelist, which is a Trinity paper, in the January 1988 issue, one of that denomination's missionary wrote, and I quote verbatim, there are those in the Pentecostal movement who feel no need to defend the biblical faith as did the New Testament apostles. Rather, they glory in their tolerance for all kinds of doctrines as long as those doctrines are accompanied by a professed experience with the Holy Spirit. They are attracted to successful preachers who openly scorn the apostolic faith. 
They lack sympathy and affection for the true spirit of the Bible which rebukes and reproves false doctrine. They seem ready to accept without challenge nearly anything for the cause of unity or the success of their own ministry. It is tragic that their inability to recognize that distortion of the Pentecostal biblical faith will result in millions of souls being eternally lost. What an indictment. I didn't write it. Somebody of another denomination that doesn't believe what we believe. And I don't know what his spiritual experience is, but when he says that we are not ready to defend the biblical faith as did the New Testament apostles and we're glorying in tolerance of all kinds my God it is summed up in his last statement that scores my very being it is tragic that their inability to recognize that distortion of the Pentecostal biblical faith will result in millions of souls being eternally lost And if that's not what it's all about, the saving of the lost. Oh, egomania, whatever they call it, it's, it's not a part of, of me or you. We're not in this, but for to save the lost. Over five billion populate this world today, and many of them are crying out for help. And if we don't have their help, oh, God, oh, <laughs> playing games with the spiritual my God my God everything we're hearing everything that we are needing to hear is only to contribute to the fact that we are to win the lost Amen. And if I am going to satisfy the flesh by compromise or anything else just to satisfy me, it could result in the loss of the lives and the souls of men and women. I refuse to play spiritual games with the spiritual. Amen. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Amen. 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 the things which we have heard don't sit down to eat and rise up to play but give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard lest at any time we should let them slip and the amplified said lest in any way we drift past them drifting is an unconscious process out on the lake in a boat fishing and you'll be hundreds of feet and yards downstream before you know it. That's the reason why somebody needs to pull us up every once in a while and say, hey, how is your anchor holding? Is it holding? Be sure that it strikes the solid rock. Amen. Because if it's not holding, you're going to drift. And so every once in a while, I've got to take a refresher course through the book of Acts. Yes, 
on and on and on. Ananias and Sapphira played a game that many are playing today. They could have sold their property and gotten anything they wanted for it. But the thing that Ananias and Sapphira did was that they wanted to seem as spiritual as everybody else. They had to lie to do it. And they thought they was going to get by with it. Yeah, this is what we got for our farm. Others were selling theirs. Amen. But Ananias and Sapphira didn't reckon with the fact that there was a gift. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yay, gifts. Yeah. Amen. Why has Satan filled thine heart? Hey, that's a supernatural gift. Amen. It was a need. It had to be. If that would have gone by in the early church, many would have feigned a kind of a spirituality that they didn't have because Ananias and Sapphira was setting the example. But when God said, you have lied, they dropped dead and great fear. Hey, that's not happening today. I know that those that are feigning a spirituality with God are not dropping dead because they're putting on, but they are affecting the lives of many, and we don't need playing games anymore. Ah. Is it possible that we're more interested in charisma than character? We have celebrity illusion instead of true Christianity. We sometimes rate preachers more by delivery than by devotion. More interested in theater entertainment than theology. In the gathering dusk of all this spiritual mediocrity and where we are today we wonder where are the apostles where are the overcomers what has happened to life-changing experience with god hallelujah praise god the peril of playing games the peril of playing games with the spirit hey we don't need that the Spirit speaketh for itself. Amen. In, in a tremendous move of God, no one has to work it up. The wind bloweth where it listeth. My God. And there's enough false doctrine nowadays. Amen. And it's amazing how fastly it's getting into the hearts and lives of people. I was privileged to go to Russia the last week of August and, and to the church in Leningrad, a city of over five million people. But the Chatrov has the church there that's linked back through the years to Brother Andrew Urshan. We were told before we went to the service, we were giving a little orientation meeting they don't clap their hands. Don't, don't, don't anybody clap your hands. I never wanted to clap my hands any more in a service than I did because I knew I couldn't. They've been suppressed so long until their idea of worship is, is different. But there was a move of the Spirit. But in a session with the ministers, and I didn't understand the language, but we had an excellent interpreter. And in the session, they were asking ki all kinds of questions. 
And one of the questions uh, that they ask, what about William Branham? And there was a reflex within me that, I mean, it was one of those involuntary reflexes, you know. I jumped to my feet and I said, false doctrine. And I sat back down. I'm, I was amazed at myself that I would have done it. But, but the next day in the Sunday service, and it lasted well until the afternoon, we had, uh, we had uh, the Lord's Supper, and we all drank out of one cup. <laughs> Praise God. I'm glad that it was a potent material that was being used maybe it killed the germs no the Lord the Lord took care of all that but afterwards and we had to rush because we had to get back across the border which was about a five hour drive before midnight because they closed the Russian border there was a dear old lady a Russian lady that came up and grabbed hold of my arm and, and she couldn't speak English. I couldn't understand her Russian. But she wanted to drag me over to the interpreter. And I knew we had to leave, and I was kind of anxious. I didn't know what she, what she wanted. And, and uh, finally, the interpreter was busy with someone else, and I tried to get on by her again. She grabbed hold of me, and she wouldn't let me go until the interpreter, interpreter could say, well, wh what is it that you want to say to him? And, and she says, please, tell me more about why William Branham is false doctrine. And I tried in a little capsule to, to tell her about it through the interpreter. But then it, it, it rushed in on me. How could that gotten into a Russian area so quickly? I know there are tapes that are circulating, but I don't believe they're in everybody's language. There's a way, a subtle way that Satan has to get erosion into the areas. And then they didn't stop with that. They said, well, what about Kenneth Hagin and Kenneth Copeland? And I told them about them too. Amen. But the amazing thing was that false doctrine was getting ahead, getting ahead, getting ahead. Satan ceased to it. It is no time for us to play games. We cannot play games. We've got to be about our father's business. We've got to be dedicated to this message. We cannot go the way that the flesh wants to go. We've got to give ourselves wholeheartedly. Come out from among them and be ye separate. feet hey we got to give ourselves to this tremendous move of God right now amen we've got to realize that we cannot sit down to eat and rise up to pray my God my God my God, my God, my God, my God. Amen, amen, amen. Just remain standing and I'm going to close. Amen. I, I, ah, amen. Hallelujah.
Amen. Out of a newspaper not too long ago, I cut this article out entitled Spicing Up the Sermon. Preachers take lessons in acting. Sixteen ministers are taking acting lessons to spice up their sermons. Fran Bennett teaches voice and body movement to the preachers at the Guthrie Theater. Ministers as a group are pretty dull in the pulpit, she said. Dull? Hey. Dull? One preacher said, I've learned to handle my tension. All preaching is acting, but we don't have much training. I've tried to think of preaching as talking. Miss Bennett had the ministers relax their arms, stomach, and neck by bending over at the waist and touching the floor while humming in both high and low tones. Make your voice go from your basement to your attic, she said. Drop your head and swing it like a bell. Swing it. Feel the muscles stretch. Get up. Shake your elbows. Shake your shoulders any old way you wish. Now that's acting. That's performing. In another exercise to loosen the neck muscles and relieve tension, she advised, imagine your head is a bottle cap. Screw the head into the neck and shoulders and then screw it out again. Games, games, games. Oh, God. Woo. Preaching's not dull when it's anointed. Preaching is not dull. The pulpit is not dull when the Spirit of God moves. The congregation is not dull when they are participating and we're all in this together. My God, my God. Hallelujah. On the top of Mountain Crest, in the hills of the Ozarks, in the northwestern part of the state of Arkansas, in a camp meeting that was under an old frayed tent, in the early days of camp meeting. 35 miles up a gravel road and the last seven miles was winding upward and upward till you got to the top. And every camp meeting that I was there in my youth, there was a dear sister that lived up in those hills who was always called on to sing a special. She'd leave her seat and go by the way of the little orchestra and reach out her hand. They knew she was wanting somebody's guitar. She'd take it. They'd try to give her a pick, but she didn't want a pick. You soon learned why. She was quite a large sister. She'd put that guitar around her neck and all five fingers became her pick. And as she'd strum across those strings, she would sing the song, If There's Fire in the Pulpit, 
there'll be steam in the pew. But folks, kind of reverse that. If there's some fire out there in the pew, there'll be some steam up here in the pulpit. Praise God. Let's worship him. We're not playing games today. Amen. This is real, and I feel the realness of it all. It's genuine. I love what I feel. My, 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 somebody ought to be out in the aisle. Amen. Praise God. Do what you feel you'd like to do. Oh, not performing. Amen. Not playing spiritual games. But let's let go and let God have his wonderful way. There's no way that we could all come together around. But while you're standing there in the closing moments while the music still plays softly, take hold of somebody's hand. <laughs> oh God, we're not gonna play games with the Spirit anymore. We're not going after just the charisma, but we're going after character, not entertainment. Amen. Not entertainment, but the spiritual move that will reach down into a heart and change them and heal the sick. Oh, God. In times like these, we Oh, 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 oh. 
set you free. In the name of Jesus, there's glorious victory over sin, disease, and sickness. Power to walk in liberty through faith in His wonderful name. Come and pray. Find a, we can find a place up here to pray. Oh, let's close this out with prayer and consecration. We need to soak this up in some prayer in the spirit. Just find a place.